Hi, I'm Eric, and this is Listen to Sleep, quiet bedtime stories to help you fall asleep. You might have heard about that Pacific Northwest heat dome this week, and we were at the bottom of that. It parked right over us for a few days, and temperatures went up to almost 112 degrees. It was warm. But we spent some time in the afternoons down by the swimming hole, and that has been absolutely magical. It's a perfect place to be when it is really hot. I actually took a video and put it on my new TikTok the other day. Yeah, I know. An old man on TikTok. It's uh, funny for me, too. If you want to see that, you can search for me on TikTok at Listen to Sleep. I want to give a big thank you to all of you who support the podcast through the Patreon and the new people who signed up this week. Thank you, Daniel, Tony, Sky, Kiana, Kimberly, and Jeannie. I had a few nice messages with some of you, and it's always nice to hear from you. If you want to get in touch, you can do that through the Patreon if you're a subscriber, or you can message me through the website at listentosleep.com. That's also where you can find the blog to keep up with life around the cabin if you want to see some pictures from the stories I tell in the introductions. Speaking of introductions, I know a lot of you really like them. And some of you would prefer just to get right to the story. And that's part of the reason that there is a Patreon, because the Patreon doesn't have any ads or introductions. If you subscribe to the Patreon for less than a dollar a month, you'll get all the episodes of the podcast without the introduction, but with the meditation. And you get those a day earlier. If you subscribe to Listen to Sleep Plus, you get all the episodes of the podcast without the meditation and without any ads, and they also come out a day earlier. Plus, you get the plus see what I did there? Plus, you get the Wednesday night episodes. And this week I started reading Peter Pan, and I'll be reading a chapter from that every week until we're done on Wednesday nights as part of Listen to Sleep Plus. Again, just a quick reminder. If you want Listen to Sleep Plus and you just can't afford it, that's not a problem. Get in touch with me, and I will give you a free subscription for as long as you need it. This week's story is a request from a Listen to Sleep Plus subscriber. And she wrote to me a few weeks ago and asked if I could do another Native American story. And I think in all the stories I've done, I've only done one. Part of the reason for that is it's hard to find old stories in the public domain that aren't, well, written in a colonial mindset or a little racist. So I've been looking hard this week, and I found a book of Seneca stories that was written respectfully, and the tales were recorded by someone who really cared about the culture. So I'll be reading a Seneca Native American story this week. And it's a little on the dark side, kind of like some of the old Viking tales that I've read. 
And I just want to let you guys know one other thing about the podcast. I spend a lot of time looking for good stories, stories that will kind of tickle your subconscious as you're going off to sleep. I'm not looking for anything that's pablum or just boring to put you to sleep. I feel like bedtime stories should be more like classic bedtime stories that were interesting and had meaning and themes to them that give your subconscious something to work on while you're sleeping. I feel like that's part of what makes us richer people, and I hope you enjoy that. All right, let's take a deep breath in and out. Letting go of the day, just feeling yourself sink deeply into the mattress with the weight of gravity pulling you down. Let's take another deep breath in and out. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. This is your time. Quiet time. Time to rest. One more deep breath in. And out. If you get sleepy while I'm reading to you, that's okay. Just let yourself drift off. Two Feathers and Turkey Brother Long ago, a whole tribe had been exterminated by powerful sorcerers. Of all the tribe, only three persons remained. These were an old uncle and his two nephews. One very young and the other on the borderline of of manhood. The older boy was known as Two Feathers, and the younger boy received the name Turkey, because he wore a robe made of turkey skin. It was a magic skin, and the little fellow was able to fly to the tops of trees, which gave him great pleasure. There came a time when the uncle, after watching the older nephew for some days, said, My nephew, it is my opinion that you should prepare yourself for your manhood. It is customary to depart from your abode and fast until your protecting friends appear. Go forth to the river and build a sweat lodge, and when you have purified yourself, Await the coming of your protectors. In obedience to his uncle's directions, Two Feathers departed and built himself a sweat lodge where he purified himself and fasted. On the tenth day, he saw a great spider dropping down from the tops of the trees. 
and it spoke to him, saying, When you are in great distress, I will be your protector. Again, he saw a great black snake rising from the ground, and when it had reached the tops of the trees, it spoke, saying, When you are in great distress and need a strong friend, I will be your protector. When Two Feathers returned to his uncle's lodge, he was a man, and he knew that unseen powers were his friends. His uncle looked at him carefully and said, My nephew, it is my opinion that you have become a man. Now it is customary for a man to seek a wife. It would make our lodge pleasant to have a young woman to cook for us. Now, far away from here, in a country to the east, is a great man who has two daughters. It is my wish that you prepare for the journey and bring back a wife. It will take you several years. How many, I do not know. Two feathers prepared for this journey, and as he made his weapons, his uncle watched him. Come here, said the uncle. I would like to inspect your clothing. So saying, he looked at his nephew and then told him to disrobe. You are not in the condition to make a woman receive you, he said. I will find a better costume for you. Opening his treasure chest, which he kept under his bed, the old man took out a fine fur robe made of raccoon skin. It was most beautiful, and the fur was long and glossy. Put this on, my nephew, he said. Two feathers donned the new costume and advanced for inspection. The uncle looked at him to discern any imperfection. This robe is not good enough, he said. You are still not in condition to seek your wife. Disrobe, and I will seek further among my treasures. The uncle now drew forth a robe of wildcat skin. It had short hair and was made so that it hung down like a long shirt with many tails. There were ears sewed around the neck, and there were eyes on the sleeves. After looking at this shirt for a moment, the old man said, Now, my nephew, this is a very old shirt, and the wearer becomes very powerful in magic. It has eyes and ears, and will guard the wearer when he sleeps. Put it on, and let me see how you look. Two feathers put on the shirt, which just fitted him. It was very fine, and he greatly admired it, and wished to keep it as his shirt. The uncle, however, surveyed it with a critical eye. Finally, he said, This shirt is not good enough. 
you are still in no condition to seek a wife and to overcome all the obstacles that lie in your trail from this lodge to where she resides. Disrobe, I must find something different. This time, Two Feathers disrobed with reluctance. He wanted to keep that beautiful shirt. But as he watched his uncle, he saw that another fine outfit was forthcoming. At the bottom of the treasure chest was a bundle done up in a deerskin folded into a case. This was opened, and the uncle took out a panther-skin shirt, a pair of leggings, a pair of moccasins, a bow and quiver, a fisher-skin pouch, a war club, and a pipe. Now put these things on, my nephew, said the uncle. Two feathers dressed and found that the panther shirt had the head of a panther as a cap, and that the cap had two heron feathers above it. The whole costume was wonderful to see, and two feathers now felt that there could be none better in all the world. Now, my nephew, said the uncle, I will show you what can be done with your clothing and accoutrements. The heron feathers on your hood will watch out for you, and when you are in danger, they will speak. Your fisher-skin bag is alive, and should anyone seek to harm you when asleep, it will bite him. Your pipe and medicine root are in the bag. The medicine will give you power to spit wampum. The black end of the root will make dark wampum, and the white end will make white wampum. Your pipe has the head of a bear upon it, and it will growl when an enemy touches it, while the snakes on the bowl will hiss when you light your tobacco. Your bow looks old and useless, but it is filled with powerful magic and will guide your arrows straight. The uncle continued his instructions. Now, as you journey from here, you will find three enchanted spots, and all must be avoided. You will pass a certain tree where there will be a boy playing about. He will ask you to lift him from the ground and place him in the long branch where he would like to swing up and down. Do not touch the boy, for a sorcerer lives in the tree, and when you lift up the boy, the sorcerer will grasp you by the hair and tie you to his arrow and shoot you far away and you will fall through the smoke hole of a witch's lodge and will be eaten by her. She is the sorcerer's wife. Further along the trail is a deep spring where there is sparkling water. Oh, nephew, do not drink this water, 
for there are monsters living in it who will draw you in and drown you. Further along and near the settlement where you are to go is a grove of very tall trees. Here you will see an old man who will hop around strangely. He will ask you to shoot a raccoon. Oh, my nephew, do not pay any attention to him. He will be the cause of your ruin if you heed his pleas. Two Feathers now understood how to proceed and was about to start when Turkey, his younger brother, began to cry that he also wanted to go. Neither the uncle nor Two Feathers could dissuade him, and so he too made ready for departure. Off they went on the journey. Turkey flew ahead in short flights and called back from the treetops the condition of the trail, for it was very early in the morning, and it was still quite dark. Very rapidly they traveled, until by noon they had traveled a distance that takes ordinary people three years to go. This was because Turkey flew, and two feathers wore magic moccasins, which made him take very long strides. They now saw a trail lodge and sat down to rest. Soon they spied a small boy playing about a large oak. As he played, he came nearer in a friendly manner and asked to be placed in the long branch of the tree that he might swing up and down. Two feathers placed the boy on a stump and put this under the tree. As he did this, there was a great roar, as if the wind were moving through the forest, and two gigantic arms came down and grabbed the stump, at the same time fixing it to the tip of a large arrow, and soon the stump flew through the air and into the witch's lodge and knocked her into the fire. Two Feathers and Turkey now went on their journey, and in a short time came to a clearing where there was a fine spring of bubbling water continually flowing. Oh, brother, do not drink, said Turkey. Remember what our uncle told us. Two Feathers went on, but being very thirsty, turned back and knelt by the spring to drink. As he leaned over, a horrible creature leaped from the water and endeavored to pull him in. Two feathers gave a pull and jumped back, throwing the monster into the clearing. Oh, put me back, it cried. Two feathers asked Turkey to watch it. Then, he went back to the spring to drink. But as he did so, another monster, covered with hair, leaped at him and hung onto his head. 
two feathers pulled again and dragged the monster out, placing it in the care of Turkey. A third time this was repeated, after which both boys drank from the spring. The clearing was a spot where had once been a prosperous village, but sorcerers had poisoned the spring and killed all the people by dragging them into the depths of the water. Two feathers and turkey made a fire and burned the monsters. And from their heads, bursting with shrieks, there flew away a flock of screech owls. The journey continued until it was near sunset. The boys sat down again and soon observed that they were in a grove of very tall trees. Presently, they noticed an old man dancing about and shouting, Hi, 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 hi. In a moment, he approached and said, Oh, my nephews, there is a raccoon on that branch, and I have no bow or arrow. I wish you would shoot it for me. Two feathers would not listen to Turkey, who flew about gobbling in order to draw his attention to the warning their uncle had given. Most truly, my uncle, said Two Feathers, I will shoot that raccoon for you. It is a very easy matter. So saying, he took out an arrow, strung his bow, and shot. Hing! went the arrow, and hit the raccoon, piercing its heart. Now, in an altogether unexpected way, the raccoon ran from the limb to the trunk of the tree, and down a large hole at the top, where the tree was broken off. Oh, my nephew, cried the old man in distress. I am too old and weak from lack of food to climb after the raccoon, which has gone down into its hole to die. Oh, my nephew, climb after it for me. That will be easy, uncle, said Two Feathers. I will climb now. Oh, no, 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 do not spoil your clothing, which I see is very nice. Take it off beneath the tree, and I will watch it for you. So Two Feathers took off all his clothing and climbed the tree. Up he went like a squirrel and soon was at the top. But as he stood looking down into the hole, he heard a noise behind him and caught a glimpse of the old man who shoved him into the hole. Down went two feathers into the hollow of the tree and down into a pit beneath the roots where he smelt the flesh of victims and felt their bones beneath his feet. He knew that he had been trapped. Outside, he could hear Turkey calling with his gobbling call, 
and he knew that something evil was in progress. The old man descended the tree by a route known to himself by long familiarity, and then he went to the clothing which two feathers had left behind. I have been looking for nephew's clothing, for I expected that he would pass this way. Now I shall be able to cross the river and take the great man's daughter as my wife. Now I shall possess great magical power. Off went the old man, looking renewed in body and becoming more and more handsome with every step. Soon he reached the river, and standing upon the bank, he gave a loud, clear call that could be heard for a long ways. On the other side of the river was a longhouse, and the voice penetrated it. The elder of two sisters ran out, and taking her canoe, paddled it across the stream. When the impostor was in the canoe, he said, I have come a long ways to reach this place. I am a great hunter, and I am looking for a wife. I think I would like to have you for my husband, said the girl. I will take you to our lodge and show you where we live. When the impostor came to the lodge, he met the chief and said he had come as a son-in-law. You will do, said the chief. Go in and see where we live. Going into the lodge, the chief's wife gave him food, and then the young woman showed him her bed. It was a fine bed, with many soft robes of skin, and a curtain made of fox skins sewed together. Here is where you will lodge as my husband, said the girl. So that night, Impostor ate wedding bread and was married. When Two Feathers awoke the next morning, he was very sick and could hardly stand. His bed had been a place of filth and terror. His head felt light, and he could see lights before his eyes. He began to think how he might escape, and then remembered that he had dreamed of the spider. Come, my friend spider, he called. Release me, for you promised to be my protector. In a moment, a great spider appeared above the opening and let down a braided strand of web. Two feathers grasped it and was drawn up nearly to the top when the web broke, and he fell back into the tree. He was greatly disappointed, but determined to call upon the black snake. Come, my friend black snake, he called. Release me, for you promised to deliver me from trouble. In another moment, 
a great serpent had climbed the tree and let down its tail, which coiled about two feathers and drew him forth. It then vanished. Turkey was happy to see his brother and helped him put on the dirty clothing left by the old man. Two feathers dressed with great difficulty, and when he had put on the stiff, worn-out moccasins and scabby-looking cap, he looked like a very old man who was very sick. Slowly, Turkey and he walked down the trail to the river. At length, they reached the bank, and two feathers called. But his voice was so weak, it could not be heard. It was like a whisper. Turkey then called, and when he did so, a young woman went down to the river and leaped into a canoe. Impostor saw her. Oh, do not go across, he said. It is only a dirty old man with a turkey. The young woman did not like Impostor and gave him no heed. Across the river, she went and took two feathers and turkey in her canoe. When they were part way over the river, Two Feathers said, I have come a long ways to this place. My name is Two Feathers, and I am a young man seeking a wife. It is apparent that you are an old man, said the girl. I am the only girl whom you can marry. But how can you who look so old and filthy expect to secure a wife. I met with trouble as I approached the river, answered Two Feathers. I helped an old man who wanted me to kill a raccoon, but it was only a wizardly creation of his, and he required that I should take off my clothing and climb after it. I removed my clothing, which had great power, and climbed the tree. When I was looking into the hole, he pushed me in, and there were bones beneath. Alas, said the girl, I am of the opinion that my brothers are among the victims. When they landed on the opposite side, the girl led the lame old man to the lodge and told him to look in. I have brought my husband, said she. Thereupon, Impostor spoke to the chief and asked if he would allow his daughter to marry a diseased old man. The chief looked at two feathers and answered, I am of the opinion that my daughter knows her own mind in this matter. So the girl took two feathers into the lodge, and showed him her bed. It was a most beautiful bed, and its robes were of the softest doe-skin, with a mattress of deer hair beneath. The walls and top were covered with porcupine quill embroidery, 
like a box, and the curtain was of marten skins sewed together, and the apartment had sweet herbs hung within to make it pleasant. The platform over the bed was arranged as a sleeping place for turkey. At supper, two feathers ate marriage bread, but nobody spoke to him but his wife, for he was not attractive in appearance and added nothing to the strength of the lodge, only providing another mouth to feed when famine was already almost upon them. When all had eaten, Impostor took off his pouch of fisher skin and said that he would now smoke. He placed his hand in the mouth to reach for the pipe and gave a wild cry, for the fisher bit his wrist and caused him great pain. In dropping the bag, the magic medicine fell out, and being only like a withered root, it was not noticed. So two feathers grabbed it and hid it in his bosom. The time for sleep came, and all retired. Impostor would not lay off his garments, much to the disgust of his wife. He was afraid that two feathers would steal them, and he knew that though he slept, Turkey was watching. Many days passed, and two feathers looked more sick than ever, while Impostor grew more bold. Yet he never went on a hunt, for he had no bow and arrows. These he had failed to pick up from Two Feathers' outfit, for they had looked so old and ill-made. One night, Two Feathers told his wife that he must have a large bowl when he awoke, for he had eaten an herb. So the next morning, he called for the bark bowl, and taking it, opened his mouth and blew into it, filling it with dark wampum to the brim. Present this to your father, said Two Feathers. And the young woman did so, to the great delight of the old man, who said, Ah, I knew he was a great man. Now, when Impostor saw what had been done, he felt that he had lost favor. So he asked his wife for a bowl, and taking an emetic, filled the bowl with all manner of foul lizards, toads, and worms that he had eaten. Ordering his wife to take this to the chief, he strutted about proudly. When the chief saw the malodorous mess, he roared in great anger and drove his son-in-law from the lodge. The next night, two feathers ate of the root again and called for the bowl. This time he filled it with white wampum to the delight and gratification of the chief, who again said, I am of the opinion that we entertain a great man. 
imposter tried to imitate two feathers once more, but only produced little round worms that so fouled the bark bowl that the chief ordered the wife to scrub it all day to clean it. That night, there was a great feast, and imposter ate so much that he was forced to remove his clothing, and he was so sleepy that he threw it at the foot of the bed on the floor. Long he slept and failed to awaken in the morning. Two Feathers was up very early, before anyone else. He took his bow and magic arrows and killed a great quantity of deer, which he dragged back to the lodge. Then he took his own fine clothing, which had become frayed and soiled, and put it on. Immediately, it became bright and new. Two feathers also began to grow more and more youthful until he entirely recovered. His wife was very happy. The chief, moreover, was glad and called all the people to a council. Two feathers was the central figure in this council and exhibited the powers of his costume. He pointed his pouch toward a woman, and she fell down dead. He sprinkled her with medicine, and she rose to her feet. He smoked his pipe, and the bear upon it blinked its eyes and opened its mouth, while the snakes on the stem wriggled as if alive. The eyes of the pantherhood glowed, and the feathers spoke. Then again, two feathers made wampum. Everybody was satisfied. Most of all, the chief and his daughter. After a while, Impostor awoke and found his wife looking at him in disgust. You are a filthy old man she said. I will have no more to do with you. She kicked him out of the bed and made him put on his old clothes. You lied to me, she said, and led him to a hole where the women customarily threw their garbage and thrust him in. Then she went away from him, and nobody ever saw him again. The chief then said that it was his wish that all the people follow two feathers back to his home, for he was a great man and had slain all the wizards and monsters that infested the path. So they went, and it took them a good many years to return. Turkey was now a man and took off his turkey clothes and dressed like a warrior. He too found a good-looking girl and married her. After a long time, the people all came to the uncle's lodge, and he was a very old man. Two feathers told what he had done, and the uncle was happy. He now had women to cook for him, 
and he felt that the world was rid of sorcerers. Then the old lodge was repaired, and all the people dwelt there. And if you can find it, you will find the people dwelling there to this day. Good night.